Sup, nerds? This is In My Expert Opinion, a podcast about the nonfiction side of speculative fiction. Your hosts are Dr. Marcus Cole. I get paid to do science. Sarah Ward. I'm a scientist in progress. And me, Abby Cole. I'm not a scientist at all. Join us as we geek out about the made-up stuff we love and the real stuff that shaped it. Today we're going to talk about Mass Effect and faster than light travel. Is it real or is it not? <laughs> Who knows? Sarah's gonna Sarah's I'll gonna help us know. figure that out. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, Abby, you know what Mass Effect is. Marcus, you kind of yes. know what it is, right? I'm I'm aware of the game. I haven't played really any, but I'm I'm aware. Yeah. So Mass Effect is really good. They actually just came out with the Legendary Edition, which was the whole trilogy remastered and it included like 40 DLCs. It's so fucking good. So the original trilogy follows uh, your character Commander Shepard. It's set in this like alternate reality where humans and other aliens have colonized the Milky Way using technology left behind from an advanced quote unquote extinct civilization. Ooh. Yeah, so like the whole thing is, first of all, it's like so obviously based on a lot of Battlestar Galactica stuff, which is kind of what I, <laughs> yes. I wanted to talk about it right after the Battlestar stuff. Nice. Like, yeah. The first time we were watching Battlestar Galactica, we got like, you know, I don't know, like halfway through the series or whatever and Sarah's like, I really want to play Mass Effect. I really want to, like every single time an episode started, it was like, God, I want to play Mass Effect. <laughs> I really got to replay Mass Effect right now. Yeah. <laughs> was there any like overlap or I guess collaboration between like the Mass Effect like development team and like Battlestar Galacto writers. I okay. doubt it. I doubt it. But like there are these like so basically a huge part of it is the concept of organics versus synthetics. Mm-hmm. Like really explicitly with a synthetic race created to be servants that reject their creators and start a war. Like that's just uh, the Cylons. Okay. Yep. <laughs> yeah. And then part of it is where does humanity fit in this larger political landscape of the galaxy? Part of it is about cycles versus self determination all of this has happened before oh. all of this will happen exactly again. like there's this like constant like repetition and then it's like you're trying to buck against it but can you ever truly be free of the cycle or are you just part of the cycle again damn yeah i mean is free will a thing or are we just living in like some kind of interesting time loop that just recycles itself over and over again right like this huge thing that comes up especially in the third game is that it's like everything you did doesn't matter at the end of the day which pissed off a lot of gamers yeah i actually really <laughs> like it i think it's an interesting decision to do to have it be like I know you think you're like hot shit but let's be real you are one person in a fucking galaxy and there are things far out of your control so like even though you are actually hot shit no I know I mean you're fucking hot shit but like at the end of the day what can one person do to break out of the cycle just a tiny cog in a massive complex wheel this game also had the nickname ass effect for a while because they changed this in the remastered but they kept having this problem of especially with this one character like having camera shots located like close to the ground that would go past like her ass so you're like talking to her and it's like 90% of the screen is this character's ass <laughs> like during cutscenes and shit so also not only is it massive it's ass effect ass effect <laughs> anyway so obviously this like game takes place in 
the galaxy. So you have to be able to move across the galaxy. Mm-hmm. Like the whole Faster fucking Faster than Mil- light. Yeah, the whole fucking Milky Way, you got to be able to travel. The way they resolve this is basically with space magic. So there is a thing <laughs> called element zero or ESO. And when an electric current is applied to it, it generates dark energy that allows you to manipulate the mass content of a space-time region. I always think it's interesting, mm-hmm. these intersections between sci-fi and fantasy, where like where the limits of our understanding of science are reached. People are just like, and this thing will work as like a magic wand kind mm-hmm. of thing. Well, I mean, I guess what's the, I can't remember the quote, but like if like technology is so advanced, like it appears as magic to like the average person. Yeah, true enough. Like fire used to be magic. Yeah, so basically the way that this works is that um, element zero is uh, an, it's a compound or it's a material that's generated when solid matter is affected by um, like supernova events. So mm-hmm. the energy Kay. from the supernova does some fucking bullshit and then you get element zero. Okay. <laughs> and then the element zero allows you to manipulate a mass effect field and this is how ships can go faster than light. So I have some codex entries from the game. So like they have like the internal wiki of the game. Like whenever you go to a new location or you read a fucking book or something, it's like new codex entry. And then it has like a fucking, you know, you could read the Wikipedia of the game if you want in the menu. <laughs> Basically. And so like what they talk about is how faster than light travel uses this element zero to reduce the mass of the ship, which allows for a higher rate of acceleration and then they just go and this effectively raises the speed of light within the mass effect field without including relativistic time dilation effects. I think this is a good time for me to just let everybody know that I didn't even take high school physics. (laughs) So like... (laughs) (laughs) Nice, nice. Just to clarify where I'm coming from with all this. I mean, listen, I like to think that I can understand some stuff when it's told to me, but uh, my foundation for this is going to be weak as hell. That's fair. I guess kind of like a good... Uh, or rather their explanation for this is basically saying, you know, light moves slower when it's not going through a vacuum. You know, you have like a uh, refraction as part of it. Mm-hmm. So C divided by N is the, the speed of light divided by the refraction of the material it's going through. And so speed of light is slightly reduced when it goes through glass. Glass? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like if you're going through like a transparent material like glass or water, the speed of light is reduced by a factor of its refraction. It's just like when the particles hit any kind of material, they are going to like scatter in a certain direction that's dependent on the material that they're going into, which is yeah, like got it. the and end it slows it down. value. Yeah. Sure. So the way that the game explains it is that by reducing the mass effect within a region, you can raise the speed of light by basically the opposite way. So if you can reduce it to like a negative mass, then the speed of light is increased by a certain amount. And that allows for faster than light travel. Uh, Okay. So like even if you could like change like the, make the refractive index like really, really small, would it have, I guess, like the same effect? Like you could even like boost the like speed of light by like several orders of magnitude. Yeah. So they describe it as the speed of light is effectively raised Mm -hmm. in the mass effect field. So um, one of the the types of ships that they talk about, it explicitly says in the codex that they could travel nearly 30 light years within 24 hours because Holy of this shit. like increase in the speed of light. Which, by the way, the speed of light is about 300,000 kilometers per second or 186,000 miles per second. Okay, uh, tell me if I'm remembering this correctly. 30 light years normally would take 30 years, right? 30 years for light. So basically a light year is the distance that light travels (laughs) in a vacuum within a Julian year or 365 and a quarter days. And that's about 5.88 trillion miles. Jesus. Damn. So they can travel 30 times 5.88 trillion miles in 24 hours using this mass effect. 
that's all cool. Like, great. I'm glad that space magic works in this game. So I thought I would look into if it's possible to do faster than light and like how people talk about it and stuff like that. But it's not, right? Well, let's go ahead and say no. (laughs) It's not. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So like when it comes to like light speed and like, like say you're traveling 30 light years like out into space, there's no way to like come back to your planet and like oh not that much time had passed like once you go out 30 light years even if like you bend space time whatever time has passed on earth you can never go back and like see your family at like in a similar period of time once you've left yeah if interstellar has taught me anything it's that (laughs) time is like a factor here the mass effect universe basically they just say that the way that mass effect stuff works cancels out the time dilation effect oh that's handy so they just go fuck it i don't give a shit (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I don't give a fuck about any of that. Actually, you can go from A to B in the galaxy and nothing's changed. This wow. is a reasonable a reasonable premise for a sci-fi thing though, right? Because otherwise it would make the narrative and the pacing very, very difficult to uh, get straight. Yeah, because like, I mean, you couldn't do fetch quest for sure, right? Like if you couldn't <laughs> go to like this part of the galaxy for some dumbass little thing without it being 30 years before you get back, then like it would be a nothing game. <laughs> um, Excuse me, my daughter needs needs me to bring this letter to her. Could you just go ahead and do that real quick? It's like 40 light years away. There's like a mailbox (laughs) over here, but you're like going over there anyway, right? Right? Mm. Can you just bring this? (laughs) So yeah, no, they like totally do away with it. Like the the concept of time. Got it. Just for simplicity. Just for simplicity. (laughs) Yeah. So I thought to like get into this, it'd be good to start with why light is weird. Yeah. (laughs) Because it is. Why light is weird. Why is is light weird? weird? Yeah, I actually have the header of my notes is weird behavior of light. Let's start with Newton. 1686, three laws in motion. Do you guys know what the the three laws are? An object in motion stays in motion. And then if you act friction on it, then it stops. And then it stays stopped. Is that right? Basically, objects in motion arrest remain in motion or rest unless acted on by an external force. So that's inertia. That's only one of the laws? That's the first one. Fuck. All right, wait. Okay, wait. Like F (laughs) equals MA. Isn't that a part of the... Uh, F equals MA is the second one. Force is equal to the change in momentum per change in time. So for a constant mass, F equals MA. The third one is... um... I'll give you a hint. The word action is in it. Oh, the uh, equal and opposite reaction thing. Yeah, exactly. Like normal forces. Yeah, exactly. Mm. This is classic mechanics, like, you know, basic laws of physics kind of thing. This is what I'm doing with my middle school physics education. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) (laughs) And this is all really cool, except that light doesn't really behave like this. Nah, bro. And so, it's weird. <laughs> right. And so like that's the problem. Okay. So that happened in, eight, in 1686. In 1865, James Clerk Maxwell, who was a Scottish physicist, demonstrated the electrical and magnetic components of light and calculated the speed of light to be 186,000 uh, miles per second. Did he get it right? Yeah, roughly. Mm-hmm. It was, I think, like slightly off kind of thing. But like, okay. basically, he was like, light has electromagnetic components. Sure. Let's pretend I know what that means. You've probably seen like the picture of like two different like waves that are like rotated at like 90 degrees from each other and so like one's the electric component and one's the magnetic component but they're all going in like the exact same direction mm-hmm. technically that sounds like something i would have seen in a high school physics yeah. class. <laughs> <laughs> it's a nice visualization for like yeah. the electromagnetic spectrum <laughs> 
So the problem here is that up to this point, scientists were confused because light's a wave. Mm -hmm. This is a propagating change in an equilibrium. But they were like, but wait, if light's a wave, it can't travel through vacuums. Why not? Wait, why? It was thought that light couldn't travel through a vacuum. It had to like travel through a material. Yeah. So they thought that actually everything was filled with ether. Oh, that shit. That's Aristotle's fourth or fifth element that he wouldn't let anybody talk about. Yeah. So they also called it luminiferous ether, basically saying that, well, light's a wave, but waves can't move through vacuums. So actually, there's this medium that's everywhere. It's called ether. Ether. Don't worry about it. And everyone by the late 1800s was like, I don't know about that. But then they couldn't prove it didn't exist. Like they were like, I don't think that's true, but I don't really have proof of it not being true. So I guess we're just going to go with it. Mm -hmm. Sure. Until 1887. So two American physicists, Mickelson and Morley, were like, okay, we got to figure out if this shit's real or not. Like, this is crazy. And so they did. I I refuse to go on in this world where we don't know the answer to this question. Yeah. So then they were like, let's test the speed of light under different conditions. And part of it was testing it at different perpendicular angles. So if there is this medium, then it should be different depending on the angle of the light and like where the Earth is in its position of orbital like rotation. You know what I mean? Like all of these things should change it if there is like an actual medium that it's going through. Mm -hmm. Um, But it didn't. (laughs) So like obviously there's (laughs) nothing fucking there. Like the speed of light they found was like it didn't change regardless of the testing conditions. And that doesn't match classical mechanics, which does suggest that like... This is kind of how Einstein talked about it. Like, if you're standing on a wave of light moving parallel to another wave of light, then the parallel light has the relative speed of zero. Oh, okay. So, like, you're just looking at it and it's not moving. You're just like, oh, okay. Right. So, because of that, like light doesn't behave like that that's not a classical mechanics thing and so that's odd like this is it doesn't make any sense like the the old laws old mechanical uh laws and classic mechanics doesn't describe what light does and that's really confusing wait so this might be a stupid question but then did so at this point do we like reevaluate reevaluate classical mechanics or do we be like "Mm, classical mechanics is still right except light is different that's fine. Insert quantum mechanics. Yeah. So the conclusion that's reached is that light, because of its wave particle duality, isn't going to match up with the classical mechanics. And so Einstein comes up with a special relativity. Is that the E equals MC squared thing? Mm -hmm. So that was published in 1905. Basically, part one is relativity. Physics of law, like the laws of physics don't change even for objects moving at constant speed frames of reference. But two, speed of light is the same for all observers, regardless of their their relative frame. So like, yeah, classic mechanics makes sense, but also light doesn't match that. I can get behind that. Because it's weird AF. Yeah. So basically, it's like there is no absolute unit. There's no absolute frame of reference, but the speed of light is the same regardless of the frame of reference and nothing goes faster than it. The implication of special relativity is that only zero mass particles can even travel at the speed of light, which means that nothing can move faster because there's no negative mass. So basically, what it boils down to is classical mechanics, great. Light doesn't match that. Einstein comes up with these special and general relativity. This gives rise to the understanding that the speed of light in a vacuum is the absolute fastest thing in the universe. And mm-hmm. also the concept of something of like time dilation, which is that time moves slower for a moving thing than a stationary one. Weird. Great. Cool. Light's fucking bizarre. Nothing can go faster, but can it? <laughs> oh. <laughs> <laughs> So faster than the light travel is also called superluminal travel. Makes sense. I like mm-hmm. that name better. 
Yeah, I like superluminal. <laughs> I kept seeing that in physics papers that I was reading through, and I was like, ooh, I really, that's a cool terminology. So there have been a lot of, like, discussions on how to beat light. One of them is in 1967, this guy, uh, Feinberg, proposed tachyons. Tachyons? Yeah. Oh, man, these are what give the flash his powers. Like tachyons. Yeah, because yeah. he can move faster than light, right? <laughs> exactly. Mm-hmm. He can? Yeah. yeah. Or Good I can, for him. I guess at the speed of light. At the speed of light. Technically, anyway, yeah. a tachyon is a, a hypothetical particle that moves faster than the speed of light. As the energy decreases, its speed increases. Basically, you would need infinite energy to make it go as slow as the speed of light. Like, it's just like a, a hypothetical oh, thing. Okay. So this guy was like, oh, maybe these could be made from quantum field excitations if the quantum field has an imaginary mass, which is like incomprehensible to me. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> Same. But, you know, basically Wait, this is fake. <laughs> can I take a brief detour to the flash? Uh-huh. Shouldn't if he can move that fast, shouldn't he be able to win everything? Um, Doesn't it? Theory. I feel like that fast is like so fast shouldn't i that's like I mean, too fast to not win everything he does i mean superman does he has, win like, a lot <laughs> he won- he does win a lot but he's like definitely race superman and superman is like the probably the only like being on planet earth that doesn't have the powers of the speed force that can keep up with the flash but the fat the flash is even faster than superman which is impressive from just like a superhero perspective impressive for a guy who made the world go back in time by spinning around the world so quickly mm-hmm. G- shout out to flashpoint I truly don't know anything about this There was one movie where Lois Lane died or something and then Superman was like, no, and they flew around the earth. Is he friends with the Flash? They're in the same universe, so yeah, they're Mm -hmm. part of the Justice League. Yeah. Oh. They're they're cool. They're fine. They're cordial. Yeah, they're (laughs) colleagues. They work together. That's a real big favor for him to call in later, like, I turned the world back in time so you could save your girlfriend. No, no, no. Superman flew around the world so fast. Oh, Superman did it. Yeah, Yeah. but, like, even he can't beat Flash. (laughs) But the Flash has gone, like, used his powers to, like, bend space-time and go back and undo things and kind of created little fragments in the universe that ultimately, like, taught him that he should not be playing around with time like that, even though he can it's like, it's just bad uh, for uh, don't the do that. fabric of the universe if you go back and try to change too much stuff. That's fair. Uh, yeah. So, you know, these are these like hypothetical particles. Um, I also found uh, some discussion from John Bayes at the University of California, Riverside, who's a mathematical physicist. He was like, trivial faster than light exists if you want to like fuck around with the meaning of it. So like, you know, in a non-vacuum media, light slows to C over N. C being the speed of light and being the refractive index, but that doesn't actually apply here. Like you could be like, oh yeah, that's faster than light technically because light slows down a little bit, but we're talking about like a constant faster than light. So a really common thing in sci-fi is to have like a wormhole. Mm-hmm. You got a shortcut through space yep. time. <laughs> you know, this would be like, you guys ever read A Wrinkle in Time? Yeah. Is it like the ant thing? Yeah. So there's like an ant on a string and it has to go from the one end of the string to the other. And that's going to take a long time for the ant. But if you bring the two pieces of the string together, it can cross immediately the two ends yeah so that's what like a wormhole is unfortunately you would need wait is that like actually a pretty good description of a wormhole wormholes are real right Um, uh no (laughs) wormholes aren't real i mean like i think like the wormholes as like they're describing like a wrinkle in time and like or interstellar things like that aren't real yet (laughs) we we don't know oh i'm thinking of i'm sorry i'm thinking thinking of black black holes holes. yeah i'm sorry yeah you're thinking of black holes (laughs) this guy explicitly is like a wormhole cannot be kept open because you need regions of negative energy to keep it open sure i'm sorry i was thinking of black holes yeah (laughs) then there's stuff called like warp drives 
This is like mm-hmm. stuff in Star Trek. You know, basically. And Battlestar. Yeah, and Battlestar and Mass Effect. You know, using a warp drive to remain on a timeline curve, like a time-like curve so you don't have like relativistic effects of time, but still be able to move through space. But then you need like negative negative energy for this. So this kind of thing is proposed initially, like scientifically anyway, by someone named Mikel Alcubierre Moya. So this is a Mexican theoretical physicist. Um, in the 80s, he proposed this warp drive. And basically he was like, okay, so let's say you're looking at flat space time. Okay, just like a plane. Just like a plane. Yeah. If you want to go in front of you faster than light, that's possible if you shrink the space in front of you. So it's the same thing as a uh, string. Okay. Mm-hmm. But in order to do that, you would have to expand the space behind you. So the net change uh, is zero. Zero. Okay. Is saying that you have to expand it and contract it in the other direction or whatever, is that based on classical mechanics though? Well, it's it's a uh, it's equilibrium. It's yeah. So basically that fits within the mechanical equations for relativity in classical mechanics because it's saying that like there's a net change. Mm-hmm. Okay. So you're not creating or de- like destroying space, right? Like you are simply contracting it and expanding it. Um, Got it. We- weird kind of thought related to this. So if you had like say two planes of space-time existence in parallel mm-hmm. and you wanted to like expand or shrink the distance in front of like one person in one plane in the front, and then you just expanded it for the other plane in the in the other plane of existence. And there was some kind of way to tunnel energy between these two planes of existence. You could technically do this, but then this requires like the multi-worlds theory. Yeah, I was going to say, this is like a multiverse <laughs> thing of like the, the cancellation of one is associated with an increase in the other so that the overall net energy is zero. So weird. So like the way I saw this discussed was basically that in order to do this, let's say you wanted to have a warp drive within a hundred meter bubble of local reference. So like you're only looking at 100 meters, you would require the mass of the entire universe to generate the needed negative energy to wow. just go the 100 meters. Interesting. So it's like, okay, sure, this is technically mathematically possible, <laughs> but there's no fucking way that's possible, right? So yeah. you, you'd have to destroy an entire other universe to create the energy to move 100 meters in warp drive. Which I think is actually a very cool sci-fi uh, yeah, idea, right? by the way, is like someone knowingly <laughs> destroying universes to like universes travel is kind of cool. Yeah. Oh, man. You guys need to read some more Marvel stuff. Yeah. Some- <laughs> <laughs> uh, could it be powered by love, though, or friendship? Um, I think that's actually something that physicists should be looking into, and I didn't see anything about that. So this is what I'm saying. We need this is <laughs> we need to broaden our horizons. If I've learned anything from uh, books and TV and assorted media, it's that love and friendship uh, are pretty much limitless power source. I would actually argue that in this case, it needs to be hate because it, you actually need <laughs> negative energy. Love and strife. Uh. Yeah, you, you need the strife component because you actually need the negative energy density. Hmm. So other people have done some calculations since the 80s based on this concept of a warp drive. This one guy, Chris Vandebroek, suggested that contracting the surface area while expanding the internal 3D volume would reduce the energy to just a mere three suns worth. Oh, that's not too bad. Yeah, and then some other people have done some (laughs) other calculations that are like, oh, you only need like a tiny amount of energy, but it's, you know, there's nothing in the known universe that can create this negative energy density. You know what I mean? Like that's not a thing that we are aware of. Is there a lot of ongoing work? I actually found two papers this year about this stuff. Hell yeah. Yeah. So the (laughs) first one was in March of this year, so 2021. It was called Breaking the Warp Barrier, Hyperfast Solitons in Einstein-Maxwell Plasma Theory. 
What is a soliton? A soliton is a solitary wave that behaves like a particle. So it's a wave that maintains its shape while propagating at a constant speed. Regardless of the medium that it's going through? As far as I understand, yes. Okay. So they like, they did a lot of calculations. Couldn't understand it. Read the intro, read the conclusion. Basically, (laughs) what I understand is that they are looking at positive energy geometries instead of negative energy ones. So stuff that is possible, that's like normal matter, normal energy. Mm -hmm. And they specifically were looking at hyperbolic uh, shapes. So like non-Euclidean stuff. So instead of looking at like these linear or elliptical regions coming of non-Euclidean regions, and that allows you to use positive energy instead of negative energy. Man. Not necessarily practical, but like a mathematical solution. We need some engineers to work with these mathematicians. It's like, okay, like how do we engineer something in this weird hyperbolic space that you guys are doing all this math in? Yeah. I mean, presumably somebody is or will, right? I mean, I'd be down to like make some funky metamaterials to help make this possible. Yeah. Hit us up. <laughs> Another one that came out this year was in April. So this is with Alexi uh, Bobrick and Gianni Martire. Martyr? This was looking at a bunch of different physical warp drives. They were also looking into the concept using positive energy versus negative energy and, you know, looking at spherically symmetric warp drives um you know these things that aren't like linear and elliptical regions and being like okay well what if we do this what if we do this what if we look at this mathematical uh solution to the problem kind of thing they did show that some warp drives could travel faster than light and still obey like the relativity equations but only some of them like they could only do it if they were already traveling at the speed of light so that's also not useful (laughs) Um, sure (laughs) Basically, I guess what it boils down to is that this stuff is like really cool to think about, but you can come up with mathematical solutions, but that doesn't mean that's practically possible in any way. I do hope we do figure out this whole like what luminous, sorry, super luminous travel. Super luminal. Yes, super super luminal luminal travel. Super luminal travel. I want that to be a thing. Yeah. Yeah. Let's get, let's get a fucking Bezos on it. (laughs) No, I mean, if we have to pick one of our like, (laughs) evil billionaire overlords i pref- i'm going with elon musk as the Fuck more likely dude. candidate i'm not a fan he's more likely to get it done i think he's more likely Ugh. to get it done but i hate him so yeah <laughs> i hate everybody i hate them all oh wait this is maybe our hate for jeff bezos and elon musk can power this, this wow this oh, negative that's energy. the negative energy we need yeah. we've done it okay we got they to figure it, it though if you build it, they will hate <gasps> you and they will power it for you okay okay this has been the conspiracy Jeff Bezos, Elon Musk, they read these papers. They were like, what we need is all this negative energy. So what we're going to do is be the absolute worst people on earth. And then perhaps we can get people to hate us enough that we can harness this power and do this. This has been their ploy all along. It turns out they're actually really nice guys who are really altruistic. This is like taking one for the team. Take right? it to the extreme level. Yeah. I'm, I'm throwing mm-hmm. another layer on this crazy conspiracy theory. Oh, good. It's, Thank you. Yes. Um, Jack Dorsey of Twitter created Twitter as a medium to exchange this hate. Oh, this is where it's being harnessed. It's being yep, collected exactly. within Twitter. It's collected in Twitter, and then it's, Twitter is going to be used to power this warp drive with negative energy. Twitter is being we- literally hooked up right now to a spaceship. <laughs> you heard it here first, y'all. <laughs> I didn't actually tell you that that was one of the Codex entries for um, Mass Effect. It was so weird. I like ran into this Codex entry on Mars and it was like, humans reached the next uh, part of the galaxy because they hated these guys so much. Yeah. Oh my God. Oh man. Someone needs to write, make this like into an HBO Max special about warp drives. <laughs>
Anyway, so I guess what it boils down to more like a lifetime special to me. Kind honestly. of a lifetime, yeah. <laughs> it's Bravo. I don't. I don't want it to be drama. Bravo. I want it to be a comedy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I guess kind of what it boils down to with a lot of this is that it's like not real. Um, I saw someone <laughs> discussing it in terms of like people are like, oh, well, to all you haters out there, you know, people said we couldn't beat the speed of sound, but we did, kind of thing. And it's like, okay, well, that's slower. So. It's much slower. <laughs> it's like way slower. And you need the haters to power the warp drive. Don't hate yeah, on the haters. Don't well, tell actually, them don't to stop hating. Hate the haters. Hate don't the haters so they hate you back. Don't tell them to stop hating, though. You gotta keep hating. <laughs> yeah. It's so, I mean, this is really hard for me to say, though, because as we've already discussed, it is a sin to be a hater. So I is know. it worth the internal damnation for me to make space <laughs> time travel possible? You know what I mean? That's a great point. Dude, what and if? Also, <laughs> is it worth the misery for you and everyone else on our time here on Earth? Exactly. This is true. Well, what if the warp drive powered by hate just opens up a wormhole into hell? It's just like, oh. No, it's this shortcut. <laughs> I found the shortcut. My fucking glitched The shortcut out. is through hell. <laughs> yeah, my life fucking glitched and I went through hell. <laughs> well, I have to call this episode warp drive to hell. <laughs> I, I have to say, this sounds more like a Bethesda game to me. <laughs> Actually, Bethesda is making a sci-fi game that's like coming out next year. I wonder if this is the concept. Damn, sorry we just blew up your spot, Bethesda. I'm so sorry, Todd Howard. I didn't mean to reveal all of the secrets of the game. I know I signed an still NDA. Play it. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. This is in breach of your non-compete as well. <laughs> nah, man. We're we're open we're open sourcing super lumina travel. In warp drives. Everybody should be able to do it. It sounds like only men work on this. Is that true? I don't know. I only saw a couple of recent papers. I guess the thing here is, though, is that fuck those physicists, actually, because they were all being like, no, it's not possible. But what Mass Effect <laughs> said is that it's through dark energy. So then I went to NASA's website to look into what dark energy means. Oh, yeah. So Okay, what did NASA have to say about this? NASA told me that it... <laughs> Directly, I got an exclusive with NASA. So NASA's website says that in 1998, the Hubble Space Telescope observed very distant supernova that showed that the universe used to be expanding more slowly than it is now. It's picking up the pace. It's accelerating. So before then, people thought the expansion was slowing because of gravity, but it actually is accelerating. Because of hate? Because of dark energy. <laughs> oh, because of dark they energy. They think it's okay, dark got energy. It. So then I found out that roughly 68% of the universe is dark energy. Holy yeah. shit. 27% is dark matter, and the rest, which is just under 5%, is normal matter. Dude, we have what? so much potential power to siphon from the dark energy. I know. We can All we have totally to do is do, do a Mass Effect. Mass Effect is like dark energy is how we do FTL. Oh. Look at how much dark energy there is. It, it's just an excess, man. Like, there, if we can learn how to like power like a car with dark energy, we're definitely figuring out how to like travel through space time. It, it's inevitable. Dark energy and dark matter are separate. Yeah. So then they're like, we don't know what they are, but here's some maybe explanations. We don't know what they are, but they are different. They are different. Well, I mean, energy and matter okay. are the same thing. Mm -hmm. No, well, I know. I, yes, yes, that's true. I just, if you don't, yes, go on. So by fitting a theoretical model of the composition of the universe to the combined set of cosmological observations, they were able to calculate this like amount of dark energy and dark matter. Okay. Yeah, there's just sure. like a negative space in like the, the math. It was like, oh, we should have like way more stuff based on this calculation. So everything else must be like the dark matter. Right. Okay. So 
Got it. One explanation is that, so Einstein had talked about how it's possible for more space to like come into existence and for empty space to possess energy that wouldn't be diluted as space expands because as more space is created, more of the space energy is created. And this could cause the universe to expand at an accelerated rate. So maybe that's what the dark energy is. So that's one explanation. Another explanation is um, something derived from the quantum theory of matter, which is that actually empty space is temporary particles that continually continually form and disappear. But people did calculations based on the kind of energy that that would generate. And it's like way too much. Like the, the theoretical calculations based on that idea of... Well, actually, maybe it's just from these cyclical particles that are actually making up empty space. Wait, why is it way too much, though? The amount of empty space would generate too much energy. Too much energy for what? For this theory to make sense. Oh, 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 okay, okay, okay. Like, someone was like, oh, what if actually empty space is filled with particles and that's where dark energy comes from? But then someone was like, okay, well, let's see. We have this much empty space and they're going to make this much energy. Oh, shit, that's too much energy. Like, that doesn't make any sense. I see. It doesn't add up. Right. Or do they have the wrong particle? I actually don't really, I couldn't understand what their calculations were. I think it was just mostly that it was like this too much space for this like, these like continually forming and disappearing. That doesn't make any sense. Another explanation is that dark energy is just a new type of energy, which has the opposite effect on the universe as normal matter. So okay, it's just a different type of energy field that's like the reverse. So like force equals negative ma? I guess. Okay. So then that's how we could use it for warp drives then? I guess so. They just were like, oh, what if it just does the opposite thing as normal energy? Yeah. Okay. Sure. Their last explanation is just them going, maybe Einstein's theory of gravity was wrong. I mean, that's the other thing. That's what, I mean, that's kind of the thing that I was getting at with like the mechanics thing earlier. It's like if you introduce a new thing and it doesn't fit in, maybe it's like a different thing that's like an exception or has its own special properties, or maybe you just fucked it up the first time, right? Yeah. I mean, like, I guess they're just going like, man, it's weird that we have 68% of the universe's dark energy. Fuck if I know what that is. Maybe Einstein was wrong. Who knows? Yeah, man. Wild. The last thing I want to end on is what they decided to talk about with dark matter. So they were like, okay, so dark matter isn't the visible stars and planets. Like, that's normal matter. Dark matter isn't antimatter. And dark matter isn't black holes. So then they were like, what is dark matter? The acronyms Mm -hmm. that they come up with are macho and wimp. Wow. Oh, come on. (laughs) Come on. You're, you're, your your toxic masculinity this is, is showing. Ridiculous. <laughs> I know. So oh, macho stands God. for massive compact halo objects. Wimps stands for weakly interacting massive particles. This um, pisses wow. me off so much. I'm so tired. <laughs> I'm so tired of living in this world. It's oh, fine. Man. Let the hate fuel you. Dude. Let it fuel I- you to faster than light travel so you can go to a different world. It is world. making me collapse in on myself <laughs> like antimatter. I, I, I know there's a I lot of- I think you mean like uh, a black hole. Like a black hole. There are so many scientists that want to be like, science isn't gendered. What are you talking about? It's like, then you see shit like this. It's like, oh, really? And then really? NASA's like, anyway, so this <laughs> is called a whip. <laughs> anyway, this one's called macho. I just, come on, man. There are so many ways to make acronyms. Dude, you know I know there's so many different acronyms you could be using. In science, we normally build the acronym first and then fill the words in. That is, so they it's came not up like, with oh macho. my God. Yeah. Like, and then they were like, okay, what words can we use that like 
correspond to this theory that fit this acronym because we like this acronym. It's right. never reverse. Yeah, it was exactly. Like, oh, it just- this is the other reason I knew that there was nobody high up at Apple when they came out with the iPad. It's like, really? Yeah, I pad? know, right? Come on That's now. what you're... I, I fucking Christ. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> You've got to be fucking kidding yeah. me. <laughs> I tablet. I... Like, there's so many things. There's so many You could have just a tab. Anyways, that's from NASA's website. I guess it's still... You know, kind of a big, like, fucking God knows situation about this. Um, but I actually think that we discovered it in the making of this podcast. I think you're right, Marcus. <laughs> I think it is hate. I think, like, Abby, you're totally right. It's strife. And actually, it is my expert opinion that faster than light travel will be powered by our hatred and our anger and our strife. For these motherfucking macho bastards. Yeah, exactly. And that's how we're going to be able to travel between different points of the Milky Way. And that's how we'll be able to romance People like Liara and Garrus and Mass Effect. It's actually because of hate. <laughs> but mostly Garrus. But mostly Garrus. It's actually because of hate. Uh, and that's my expert opinion. Yeah. Awesome. Sounds right. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for listening to In My Expert Opinion. Please remember to rate and subscribe. We'd also be grateful if you'd leave a review with your expert opinion on why this podcast is rad. Five-star reviews will get a shout-out on the podcast. A pretty big deal, if you ask me. Follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at expertopspod, or email inmyexpertopinion at gmail.com. Later, nerds! <laughs>